Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. <laughs> ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد قال الله سبحانه في كتابه الكريم بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى مسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله النورية من آياتنا إنه هو السمع البصير صدق الله العظيم In uh, today's uh, talk inshallah we'll continue our Sia session where we left off um, and we'll talk about today uh, uh, the topic of uh, Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj and uh, this uh, in this uh, uh, event of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj occurred um, in the last part of Rasulullah's life in the Mecca or the uh, prior to the Prophethood or prior to the Hijrah. And uh, <clears throat> there, are, there is a difference of opinion based on variation in the hadith which have reported when exactly that uh, event occurred, but uh, uh, most of them agree upon it occurred uh, about a year, year and a half prior to the Hijrah. And uh, uh, there is, uh, so there's also a difference whether it happened uh, after or before the first uh, Ba'ah that uh, the people from Medina came and gave to Rasulullah So the reports mostly talk about the one uh, this event occurred between the first and the second bath that happened between the people of the Medina and Rasulullah um, So we talked about uh, the events that occurred prior to that and uh, there was a quite a difficult time uh, on Rasulullah that uh, the Sahaba and Rasulullah were going through and Rasulullah visited many of the tribes as well and, uh, and uh, the, the response from those tribes was in negative in general and uh, uh, some of them they agreed to uh, accept Islam and support Rasulullah but they put some conditions and Rasulullah rejected those conditions and did not accept uh, that kind of uh, uh, nasr from them uh, and uh, then uh, there were few people from Medina came and I'm going to move this whole uh, Rasulullah's uh, uh, talks with the people of Medina for the next uh, talk inshallah rather I'll just talk about Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj even though some of those things happened a little bit prior to Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj so we'll, we'll go through it as one subject it will be easier to understand inshallah because of the relevance um, so but regardless Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj when we talk about that this is the situation that Rasulullah was in, meaning that he was going through a lot of difficult times. And when we talk about Al-Isra' al-Mi'raj, Al-Isra' is, literally it means the journey. 
and the Mi'raj can means the ladder or something that you ascend with. But uh, in, in, in the Sharia, when the Sharia meaning of Al Isra' al Mi'raj is when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he traveled from uh, Masjid Haram or Mecca to uh, Masjid Al Aqsa in uh, Bayt al Maqdis. And this, is, this part is referred as Al Isra' and from there on from Masjid Al-Aqsa, the ascension to the heavens uh, uh, and the al all that part is considered as uh, Al-Mi'raj. Uh, now, there is uh, uh, there's also some differences of opinions based on the ahadith that where exactly Rasulullah was in Mecca when he went from uh, Masjid Al-Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa. Whether he was at uh, Al Hajar or he was in uh, Hatim uh, or in some one of the reports also he was in his house even. But uh, either way, he, he traveled because of the, the ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about. This is the lay, Layla min al Masjid al Haram in al Masjid al Aqsa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asra bi abdihi Layla min al Masjid al Haram in al Masjid al Aqsa. So Allah is talking about. Here that he traveled, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him travel from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa in a part of the night. Not the whole night, it's a part of the night that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it, do, uh, made it happen. Now there's also, the, you find people discuss <coughs> the subject whether this was in person, this, uh, uh, this journey of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi from uh, Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa into the heavens or it was a spiritual uh, journey. Uh, uh, this is, uh, most of the scholars agreed on the subject as that this is of course a physical being of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he traveled from, from Mecca or Masjid Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa and to the heavens. Because uh, one of the, the, the reason, there are many of the hadith are linked in the, in the direction that talks about that one. Second, even a tafsir of the ayah Subhanalladhi, whenever the word Subhanalladhi starts off, Allah is talking about His glory, His power, and uh, the meaning of that glorified be He who took His servant here. So when the glory of Allah is mentioned, of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is all possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do within the part of the night. Oh, that's one aspect. Other is, it would not be even, as we will go through the whole story of it, it will not be an issue for believers or disbelievers to argue about his journey in the part of the night if it was only spiritual because Rasulullah sallallahu had mentioned many of the things in the past already now but let's uh, let's go uh, to the subject inshallah we'll talk about uh, what, what happened and there are many ahadith on this subject uh, that talks about that so uh, uh, when it happened uh, a hadith talks about the subject, it, was, it happened on the 27th night of the Rajab. Uh, and uh, Jibreel came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he was sleeping at that time, and he brought al-Buraq. Buraq, uh, as the hadith talks about it, this is an animal, it was a white animal, it was bigger than the donkey, but smaller, smaller than the mule. And uh, Rasul, uh, so, uh, he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to get on that uh, al-Buraq and from Masjid, al, uh, from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa they traveled on al-Buraq. Now, 
he traveled on Al-Bura. Uh, and uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa, over there, he tied Al-Buraq to the tether. It's called, uh, uh, there's a place, uh, one of the doors over there, there's a place where he tied it. Now, <clears throat> as the hadith says, the, how fast Al-Buraq was, it was, every leap was as big as uh, wherever your sight can reach. So, it was a very f- swift journey for Rasulullah to make from uh, Masjid Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa. And if you look at, if you try to Google it from a Google map or something, you will see that uh, the distance that we are talking about from the, t- uh, so we understand why the Quraysh or the people or the disbelievers, the polytheists, why mushrikeen were uh, showing awe or they were trying to ridicule Rasulullah because the distance was about 900 plus miles, which is about 1400 plus kilometers. Um, and during that time, to think of it, somebody would travel from there to, and whenever they talk about Masjid Al-Aqsa, they refer to him as, as going to Sham. So you went to Sham and came back in part of the night. Uh, it, it was, uh, for them, it was not uh, acceptable or not believable for them, for the mushrikeen. So, uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached Masjid Al-Aqsa, over there, uh, he, he prayed to Raqqa first. And uh, uh, there's another uh, ikhtilaf that you will find about whether Rasulullah sallallahu drank the milk there or he drank the milk uh, on the seventh heaven. Uh, I, I will not go into these details. Uh, I'll just leave it like this, uh, as is uh, that if somebody wants to do more uh, research on that, please go ahead and do the research. But I, uh, it's, uh, we'll talk about other things, inshallah, here. So Rasulullah, he prayed to Raka'ah, and then he, uh, he went, uh, Jibreel took him to the first heaven. When he went to the first heaven from Masjid Aqsa, over there, uh, he asked for, Jibreel asked for permission to enter over there. When he asked for the permission, the very similar kind of questions were asked by, to, to, uh, from Jibreel. Uh, whenever they asked for permission to enter, the, the question came, Man anta? And Jibreel said, uh, he said, Qal Jibreel. And then he said, Qil wa man ma'aka? Qal Muhammad. Qil wa qad ursila ilay. And then he said, so he said, who's with you? He said, Muhammad sallallahu And then he was said, qad ursila ilay. Is he been uh, appointed? And uh, 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 and then the reply was that uh, yes, he was qad ursila ilay. He has been uh, appointed as a prophet. And uh, upon these questions answered back and forth, they were given the permission and they entered. So first heaven, when they entered, they met Adam alayhi salam. And uh, Adam alayhi salam, he said salam to him and he made dua for uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then when they went to the second heaven, over there, they, uh, they met uh, uh, two cousins. At first, the same question answer happened between Jibreel and uh, the, uh, the one who was uh, on the second heaven. And then uh, they gave the permission and the two cousins that Rasulullah met, and these are all prophets he met actually on each floor, each uh, heaven. And the second heaven, he met Yahya and Isa alayhi And uh, as the hadith mentions that, he was uh, Ibn Khalti, meaning he was the son, Yahya was the son of the, uh, or he was a maternal, un- maternal cousin of Isa alayhi Yahya was the maternal cousin of 
So they were both there and they met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, uh, they also say salam to him, send salam to him and uh, they made dua for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then they uh, ascended to the third heavens over there. They met Yusuf alayhi salam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi met Yusuf alayhi salam over there. And uh, same, same question and answer happened fourth, uh, uh, fourth heaven. When they went there, they met uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi met uh, Idris alayhi salam. Uh, the Prophet raised, and then on the fifth one, Rasulullah uh, met Harun the brother of Musa, and on the sixth, Rasulullah sixth heaven, Rasulullah met Musa Then when they, they went to the seventh heaven, uh, uh, same question and answer happened, and then when they uh, went there, Jibreel introduced Rasulullah to Ibrahim and he said, "He is your father." Father, of course, we understand father here does not mean the like a direct father. Father is also used for an, uh, a great, 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 great grandfather also. And uh, uh, when he, uh, he met Ibrahim salam, over there, Ibrahim was uh, leaning towards, it's referred as Baytul Ma'mur. Baytul Ma'mur is, as the hadith of Rasulullah mentions, that this is another. It's like you can think of as a replica of Kaaba in the heavens. So one uh, of the which is the Kaaba is on the earth, and Baytul Ma'mur is on uh, in the heavens. And over there, uh, seventy thousand uh, angels they come every day, and they worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And every day after these seventy thousand go, and the new seventy thousand angels come. The first one who have gone, they never come back until the day of judgment. So you can see how many angels Allah Azza wa Jalla have created. Uh, we, uh, we cannot even count. So um, uh, they come and they uh, they never get the chance until the day of judgment. Now, uh, then uh, Jibril uh, took Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to Sidatul Muntaha. This is uh, the uh, this is a place where. Jibreel was not allowed there to go further, and uh, uh, he Rasulullah was in the presence of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, and uh, again, here I will not be going into this kind of a discussion of uh, as you find among the scholars they're discussing the issue of whether Rasulullah saw Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala or not. There is uh, you will find there is a differences, and uh, uh, for uh, today's our discussion today here. What we are here for, uh, uh, it's not something that we like to go into detail here again. Uh, anyway, so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam met Allah and Allah subhanahu wa he gave a gift to Rasulullah sallallahu and his ummah, which was the, uh, the salah. The uh, 50 salah were obligated at that time, the very first time. And also, the last ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah were given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there as well. Um, as we know that uh, when we talk about uh, <coughs> talk about the uh, revelation on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the wahi that was revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu in different forms, different places, and uh, uh, and different times. So this was one of the different uniqueness about these ayat that they were given by Allah subhanahu wa taala to Rasulullah sallallahu in uh, in the heavens. Now. Uh, when the, uh, Rasulullah uh, was given the 50 prayers to pray, and he was coming back and he met Musa. 
or whatever Musa asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, if he was given anything and he mentioned about the 50 prayers so Musa alaihi salam he told Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi based on his on his experience with Bani Israel he said that will be very difficult for your ummah to do 50 go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask for some reduction Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi went back Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reduced 5 and he came back to Musa and Musa said, this is still too much. Your people will not be able to do that many prayers. He went back to Rasulullah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by his mercy, he reduced by five. And this was going back and forth, coming back to Musa. Musa would say, this is too much. Based on his experience with Bani Israel, that's not going to happen. These people, your people will not be able to do it. And then it came down to five. And when he came back to Musa again, Musa said again, five is too much for your, your people as well. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was, uh, he was ashamed. Now go, going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again to ask for reduction. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, these fives are as if they are 50. And uh, some of the hadith goes into the continuation of the, the there are variations of the hadith. One of them discusses that when it was said five, is, uh, is as a 50 is because every good deed as a Muslim that we do any, any good deed a person Muslim does he will get at least 10 hasanat for the deed so one salah is equal to 10 so since we have 5 it becomes equal to 50 when it comes to the hasanat come to the, uh, the, the, the that we, get, we are going to get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now <clears throat> the, one of the hadith the continuation says that when a believer when he intends to do something good Hamna, then he's, he really wants to do something good. It's not just his thinking he's going to do something good. He really intends, wants to do something good, but he's not able to do it. A good deed is written for him. When he does a good, he intends to, wants to do something good, and he does it, then he gets at least 10 hasanat for that. And when it comes to, if he has intended to do a bad, bad deed, but he doesn't do it, then it will not be written for him. But, and if he does, he wanted to do a bad deed, and he does it, then he will get one bad deed. Okay, so uh, this is one of the hadith that goes into the uh, continuation of uh, the hadith about the event of Al Isra wa Miraj. Now, in the, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was in the heavens, he was also uh, he also saw Jibril alayhi salam in the true form. And so did he, he, saw, he also saw uh, the angel of the hellfire, who was Malik, in his true form as well. As the hadith of Rasulullah talks about that. Besides that, he also uh, saw some of the people over there, the way they were punished. That includes the person who, was, uh, uh, who used to eat the wealth of the orphans. The person who used to deal with the riba, uh, or the or the people who were like one of the hadith discusses about uh, a person was offered uh, a very good kind of a meat, and a one which is smelly rotten meat, and the guy was eating the rotten one instead of eating the good uh, good meat that was offered to him, and uh, uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked about that person. So he was told that 
uh, he, these are the adulterers who were married to righteous women, but they were going and committing the adultery with, uh, with the ones which are not halal for them. Uh, similarly, uh, there were, there were uh, people were shown how they were punished, uh, who were dealing with, uh, for example, backbiting or slandering. Uh, or even he saw the person who, uh, who, who killed the, uh, the she-camel of Salih alayhi salam uh, time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a she-camel as a sign and the person who killed how he was punished over there. Besides the, uh, the hellfire and how people were uh, punished over there, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa also shown the Jannah as well. And over there, he, he heard the footsteps and when he asked whose footsteps were they, and he was told that that was Bilal radiallahu uh, meaning, so Bilal was one of, uh, one of the people of the Jannah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> Rasulullah was shown uh, other parts of the Jannah, including the four rivers. Two of them were referred as the one is in, uh, two are on the earth and two are uh, uh, in the heavens. The two on the on the earth were referred as the Neil and the uh, Euphrates. Uh, I'm not sure what the Euphrates is uh, in Arabic. Furat. Uh, so for uh, the Furat and the uh, and the Neil, and the other two which are hidden, they were in the Jannah. So uh, the 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 point here mentioning all these things is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning about here the journey from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa and Allah is mentioning and Allah is talking about Allah has blessed the surrounding area of the Al-Aqsa as well and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we have shown him our signs and these signs included including the Jannah and the Nar and all those things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Show to the Prophet and similarly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had shown uh, different signs to different prophets at different times. So the sort of prophets are unique people and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have uh, uh, built their uh, their iman and aqidah in a, in a different manner here. This way if you look at it. Now uh, when Rasulullah uh, when he came back to from heavens to Masjid Aqsa back. Over there, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he led the Jama'ah, the Salah, of all the Prophets. Okay? Now, when we're talking about Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam leading all the Prophets in the Salah, it's a, it's a great blessing for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and that shows his, his ranks among the Prophets as well. That he is the one who was the Imam of all the Prophets. Um, as one of the hadith talks about Rasulullah Wasallam, one talks about the five things given to him which were not given to other Prophets, one says six things. The one unique thing among them was each Prophet that was sent to this world, they were sent for a specific nation. While Rasulullah Wasallam was sent for all the nations. All the nations. He was sent for not for a specific. He was not a prophet for the Jazidatul Arab or the people of Mecca or people of Medina. Rather, he was the prophet for all the nations. Okay, and that uh, part that he was leading all the prophets uh, is also a sign that shows that he was a, a leader among the prophets as well. Now, 
when after that when he was on his way back he also saw the the caravan of of the Quraysh and he also saw that how one of within the the caravan of the Quraysh which were traveling back they lost their camel and uh, uh, so anyways when he was going back he saw all these things and then uh, when he came he was aware that he will be denied he will be belied he will not be accepted about this event that has happened today uh, on that night of al-isra uh, al-miraj but because he was the prophet of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when the, these ayat of surah al-isra were revealed those ayat were not revealed for him to keep it to himself this has to be recited to the people this he's a messenger of allah there's a message given to him that has to be given to the people so now rasulullah he felt anxious now that when he will talk about this it's not that he's not going to say but he knew that what is going to uh, happen <clears throat> so uh, but anyways because allah ta'ala's uh, order was to uh, convey this message to the uh, to the to, to, to everybody that this is the event that happened so <clears throat> when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as the hadith mentions that lamma kana layla usriya bi fasbahtu bi makkata fatatu wa raftu anna nasa mukaddabi that on the night when i was taken to night to journey i woke up uh, in makka the next morning having anxiety i knew that the people would not believe me so he knew this he will not the people are going to do this as a matter of fact uh, uh, a hadith also mentioned that some of the believers the weak believers they actually left islam because of this event look and this is a very interesting thing to uh, to remember inshallah i'll try to sum up some of the points at the end as well but remember these points this is very important to understand that Rasulullah is going through so much difficulties and then another bigger test comes in. Go and tell people about this event that has happened to you now. So what is the result of that? The one which were weak, they dropped out. And we can see that when the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal is getting closer and closer, we find the tests are becoming harder and harder. Because anybody who is not there to be there, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can distinguish between the khabif and the tayyib. This is a filtration process from Allah azza wa jal. So when we hear and see the things, the more difficult things are happening around us, we should remember that now we have to be have a more istiqamah. We have to stick to the haq, make sure that we are not the one who slip at this point. And the difficulties that we are seeing around us, it should be looked at as it means Allah Nasrullah al Qari, that the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is near. Rather than thinking of going into the hopelessness or thinking of uh, uh, become sad and uh, have grief, and rather we'll start thinking of there's a victory of Allah Azza wa Jal is coming closer and closer, inshallah. Okay? Now, so when uh, so, uh, Rasulullah was feeling this way, and then the thing happened is Abu Jahl, the enemy of uh, uh, one of the biggest enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
he saw he was passing by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he asked, "Is there anything new?" And uh, in general, he is trying to ridicule Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this way. So, what what what's the new? What is is there anything new you got now today? Rasulullah said, "Naam." So he said, "Inni usriya bi layla." So I was taken on a journey in the night. So his answer, a question was, where to? So he said, ila ila bayt al-maqdis. So he said, at this last night, you were taken to a journey. And now, this, this morning you were among us, he said. Rasulullah said, naam. So this itself, to just forget about the part about, he has not even mentioned that he was taken to heavens also. He just said about from here to bayt al-maqdis. And he came back in the layla, the, the, the last night. So Rasulullah said, naam. So Abu Jahl, he, he did not want to say to his Rasulullah's face that he was lying. Lest he deny saying uh, uh, it went. Uh, uh, so he said, would you tell whatever you said to me in front of people also? So he did not want to just right away start making fun of Rasulullah because what if, he is a liar himself. So he's thinking, oh, he has only told me right now. I'm the only witness. Well, let's get this, his words in front of everybody. So he said, would you say all these things in front of the others? Rasulullah said, yes. So Abu Jahl said, uh, to all people, Bani Ka'ab bin Luay, people that got up from where they were sitting and came to join, join them. So Abu Lahab started asking the same things again to Rasulullah That he said, tell, tell your people what you told me. So Rasulullah said again, I was, uh, I, was on a t- I was taken on a journey for, to Bayt al-Maqdis. And then he said again, and this morning you are among us. He said, yes. Uh, and they, they began to now, the way the response of the kuffar with Rasulullah sallallahu was, they started clapping together and holding their heads. You know, like uh, you're trying to make fun of Rasulullah. They were trying to make fun of Rasulullah sallallahu by doing so. Now, uh, then uh, they said, okay, so you claim that you were there. So tell us about Masjid al-Aqsa. What is it like? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he started explaining to him Masjid al-Aqsa. And then by the will of Allah Azza wa Jal, not only that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought Masjid al-Aqsa in front of his eyes. So he's explaining as he's seen. And there's no way, because it was known that Rasulullah sallallahu has never been to Masjid al-Aqsa. It was known that he was never been there. If he was never been there, he could not explain the details of Masjid al-Aqsa like the way he was doing it. Then uh, Rasulullah s.a.w. explained, give them the, all the details. And not only that, he even told them about the lost camel, the caravan has not even made it to Mecca yet. And how the, 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 the camel was lost and how they, they found it. And when they came, they asked these questions and they found what Rasulullah s.a.w. was saying was the truth. But when, you know, when, when there are, uh, uh, your eyes are covered, your, your mind is covered, you don't want to accept something, of course you will continue to deny. And we know that, uh, we talked about last week as well, as uh, uh, Allah talks about that, that, that they know Rasulullah they recognize him as they recognize the children. So they, they are very well aware of that Rasulullah was a prophet, prophet of Allah. 
and uh, they rejected. And like uh, the example I mentioned last week as well uh, uh, about Uhya ibn Akhtar, the, the father of uh, Safiya, uh, uh, one of the Umhatul Mu'mineen. When uh, she mentioned that before, when Rasulullah was coming, and uh, they, they were the, the two brothers, Uhyay was talking to his brother, and his brother was asking that, is he the same prophet that our books talk about, all the prophecies that we have, does he fulfill all the prophecies? And he said, yes, he's the same prophet. He has fulfilled all the... And he said, what are you going to do? He said, we're going to reject him. Because he's not Arab. He's not from them, he's going to, they're going to reject him. Even though they knew this is the prophet they've been waiting for. So that was the Yahud. Among the Mushrikeen, they had their own reasons of they did not want to lose the power that they had because of the gods that every tribe had and they were making the money uh, in the Kaaba by all the pilgrims who used to come uh, to perform the Hajj. Anyways, now going back to the subject here, and uh, so Rasulullah uh, uh, mentioned, told them about, yes? I think you meant to say because he was not Yahud. Yeah, he, he, he was not Yahud, sorry. He was not Yahud. Sorry. He was not from the Yahud. Yes, yes. So now, after that, uh, when all these things were happening, some of the, 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 the kuffar, mushrikeen, they went to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu also. And now they're trying to look, the, the reason they're going and to Abu Bakr or the other sahaba also, they're trying to show that what Rasulullah sallallahu is saying is, uh, is crazy. You cannot accept him as a prophet because of the kind of things he's saying now. Okay? They were trying to prove this, these kind of things. Uh, and we, as we said, talked about that, that some of the reports talk about some of the weak believers, they left Islam also at that time. When they went to Abu Bakr and they uh, start talking to him and they're saying, Oh, did you, did you hear what your sahib is saying now? And he's asking, okay, what did he say now? He said, he said that he traveled in the part of the night. He went to uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa and came back. So Abu Bakr's question was not that whether it was right or wrong right away, he accepted or not. His question was, did he say that, Rasulullah And they said, yes. He said, if Rasulullah said it, then I believe. And not only this, he said, I believe more than that. Because he gets uh, uh, the information or wahi from the heavens. This is nothing for him, Abu Bakr Siddiq, to uh, accept. And this is the time, this is the reason Abu Bakr is remembered as a Siddiq. This title of Siddiq was given to Abu Bakr because of this incident, this event. Yeah? This shows the, uh, the, the issue of Iman, that how the Iman should work. Okay? And uh, so, uh, so these are some of the things that I want to share about Al-Isra al-Miraj. Now, to, what are the lessons for us to remember, inshallah? It will be a few lessons that we want to just remember out of it. Number one, this Al-Isra al-Miraj that happened, it happened during the time it was very difficult times for Rasulullah Wasallam and Sahaba. And uh, he... Uh, uh, it, it was like a big push for Rasulullah and Sahaba that it was like a support, the spiritual and moral support for Rasulullah to go to Masjid Aqsa and go to uh, heavens and meet all the prophets and then leading all the prophets. Okay? 
that shows that Rasulullah Sallallahu is going to be uh, he, he's, he's, the, he's the leader of all the, uh, the prophets and also his message is going to the rest of the world okay the second thing mentioned in the, this incident is in this, in this event is the significance of Masjid Aqsa also Masjid Aqsa and the surrounding one of the hadith talks about that about the Baitul Maqdis that every inch of Baitul Maqdis the prophets have prayed this is how one of the hadith talks about it. This is the significance. There are many prophets who came to Masjid Al-Aqsa. Many of the Sahaba are buried, uh, uh, buried in the Bayt Al-Maqdis. And one of the hadith talks about when, when the Sahabi came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and asked, which one was the first masjid built uh, on the earth? And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Masjid Al-Haram. And then he said, then which one? He said, Masjid Al-Aqsa. So Masjid Al-Aqsa, is the second house of Allah Azzawajal created on the earth. Okay, and we know the other uh, uh, importance of Masjid Al-Aqsa is that's the uh, first Qibla for the Muslims as well. Before Masjid Al-Haram became the Qibla, Masjid Al-Aqsa is, uh, uh, is other, other uh, Qibla. And this is one of the three masajid for which Rasulullah allowed us to travel for. This is one of the masajid that we are allowed to travel. Masjid al-Haram, Masjid al-Nabawi in Medina and Masjid al-Aqsa. These are three masajid. And uh, inshallah after the talk, probably uh, Brother Abdul Basit can give us a little bit more detail about Masjid al-Aqsa. He has been there and he has pictures and stuff also. Uh, 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 the fourth thing that's given uh, to Rasulullah during this uh, event to remember for us, a lesson for us, is... Uh, the, the, the prayers that was given to Rasulullah uh, as a, uh, one of the things that was obliged to all the Muslims. And the Salah is one of the main pillars of Islam. And one of the hadith of Rasulullah says that a Salah is the Mi'raj of the deen. That uh, it is one, uh, it is like ascension for the believer. Uh, <clears throat> Or the, uh, so that's about Salah. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Al-Isra al-Mi'raj about the punishment for different kinds of acts that people have performed. So what kind of punishments, uh, how they, they were punished in the, in the hellfire. And last but not least, I want to bring that up about uh, the Iman of Abu Bakr Siddiq that we talked about. That uh, how Abu Bakr, uh, he accepted without even talking to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to confirm that if it Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, he did not even hear it directly from his mouth. Only thing he asked for accepting it, if Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said it, there was enough for him to accept this from uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this is the truth rather than uh, denying it as some of uh, the people who ended up, who rejected, the, uh, rejected Islam. And the hadith talks about their ending was with Abu Jahl in, uh, in the Badr. So they ended up uh, being uh, whatever the punishment the Abu Jahl got, or he, he was killed the same way those people were killed as well. Now, uh, when uh, we'll, inshallah, we'll, uh, 
We'll, we'll stop the Israel al-Mi'raj here. And if uh, there is any questions uh, about this subject, I'll try to uh, answer, inshallah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.